this time on Holy Ghost Notes. What? Who was that? Yeah, what the heck, man? You should see the other guy. No, man, let's let's lay down our lives. Die to ourselves. That was cruel, Matt. That was cruel. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Holy Ghost Notes. My name is Matt. I have my co-host, Tim Anderson. What's up? And we have a very special guest with us today, which we will get to. But first, but first. I'm home from tour Tim Anderson. Yes, welcome and home. I'm ec- ecstatic about it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like you never left. <laughs> Is it <laughs> for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Man, I'm glad you feel that way. My girlfriend doesn't feel that way. No, I'm sure. She's yeah. like, you were gone such a long time. I was so ready for you to come home. <laughs> and wait for it. I'm leaving again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I um I came home on Monday morning and I took Monday and Tuesday to kind of get settled in. All the laundry and all the unpacking and mm-hmm. like there's so much to being home and all the responsibilities of living your life in a house without 10 other people living there with you. It's like it takes a while to get things done. Like yeah. the real superheroes are those that stay at home with their kids and take care of the laundry and cook the meals and do the dishes and get the mail. It's like there there is so much that has to happen in a day to keep a house in order. It's true. You know, and I and you don't realize it till you come home from tour and you're like, Oh yeah, all of this has been taken care of for me for the last mm-hmm. six weeks. Yeah. Housekeeping is is a. Uh... It's it's hard work, man. I, I you know with the two kids, it only takes. This is like a running joke in my house. It, it takes uh, a total of twelve hours for a completely clean house to be a completely dirty house <laughs> with two kids. <laughs> yeah, my, the upstairs right now is a. It l- looks like a bomb went off, and uh, we had our house cleaned yesterday. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> in, in nice. my case, it took one two-hour morning with the kids home <laughs> for that to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it takes a special level of patience to deal with with yeah. that. You know, it does. So I have a quick story for you. All right, love to hear it. All right. Um, so I took Monday, Tuesday off, and then Wednesday dove right into farming. We have 140 acres on our farm, and I own 70 of those acres, right? Mm-hmm. So about uh, about half. F- 50 of those 70 are tillable, which means I can farm them. Yeah. Tw- 20 are wooded, which means it just is what it is. It's beautiful. It's part of the reason I wanted that part of the farm because mm-hmm. I have a pond. I have um, oh, yeah. a place to hunt, a place to trap, a place to fish. So anyway, but what comes with that wooded area is the liability of, of well, a whole gamut of different things. But one is um, cleaning up the wood line. So our cornfield butts right up against the trees. And this year we lost a sycamore, huge sycamore tree fell and knocked over a couple walnut trees. Mm. Well, the walnut trees ended up, some of them, in my cornfield. To harvest corn, you need to run a combine through the corn. And you can't do that if there's branches in the way. Yeah. So I had on my radar, I'm going to come home. I'm going to take my chainsaw back there and I'm going to go to work cleaning up these branches. So my dad is combining. I'm cutting up branches by myself and I picked up one of the branches and I was like, oh, I just need to cut this in a couple different pieces and then I can throw it in the woods and this area is done. As I picked up the branch, I thought, wait, there's there's tension like there's pressure on this branch um and do you know that feeling when something bad is about to happen like you're on a ladder and you feel like oh boy this i'm 
I'm falling off this sucker or like Mm -hmm. you're in your car and maybe you're about to get into an accident. Like there's that sixth sense that kicks in. Yeah. That happened. And sure enough, um, one of the branches that had pressure flew up and nailed me in the face. Ooh. So I dropped my chainsaw, which was running and (laughs) I I don't think I fell over, but my eyes immediately started watering. Oof. And do you know, like when you get hit in the face uh, or 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 you get injured on a part of your body that you can't see, the only thing you can go off of is the pain level, and your imagination starts to run wild, like, oh boy. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm scared to, you know, I'm scared to look. So it felt like this branch knocked my nose off of my face, which would have been unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think I saw a picture of you with like a bloody nose or something. Yeah, yeah. you can't really see it here, but uh, <laughs> thankfully. But I pulled out my phone and I put it in selfie mode and I'm like, oh, it's just like a little, it's just a little scratch. It's not a big deal. And um, and so, you know, it's bleeding into my mouth and it's just, it's a whole sight to behold for sure. And mm. so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I have to explain this to everybody now. Um, and so I thought, well, you know what? My grandpa had a really dry sense of humor. I'm just going to use a joke to just get through this. So <laughs> I thought, you know what? I'm going to see how many people laugh at this joke. And I'll tally it up. Maybe 50% of people will laugh. That would be a win. Okay. So right away, my brother's like, what happened to your face? And I'm like, Psh, you should see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> my brother didn't laugh at all. <laughs> Nothing. Like what you just did for me feels really good. Oh, it makes oh, my heart so I'm glad warm. I could do that for you. <laughs> There, I've probably told this joke to 15 people and only three, including yourself, have laughed. <laughs> Nobody well, thinks it's funny because it's, it's really not all that funny. But but it's to me, I think it's hilarious because it wasn't a person. It wasn't a fight. It yeah, really is. A chainsaw to it. It's a freaking tea, you know, tree branch. Yeah. Uh, so so here are the list of people I got to laugh. You. Thank you very much. You're I, welcome. I've, and I felt like that was very you know, organic too. Authentic. Felt yeah. Like you meant it. Yeah. Um, I was gearing dad, up for it to be bad. So yeah, <laughs> it was, it was pretty authentic. <laughs> my dad laughed, which, which I guess it, it's not too surprising that my dad laughed. Uh, my girlfriend definitely did not laugh and I've tried it multiple times. Yeah. That's to be expected. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, my friend Sean Hennessy laughed. Oh, Sean. Uh, which made me feel good. Old yeah. souls. You got the old souls. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine, and um, you know now I have a little little scarring on my face from yeah. the injury. Well, I'm glad your face is okay, man. That's important. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and it, and it hasn't ruined your sense of humor either. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my hands. You still have your hands. Play, that's right. To play this instrument, yeah. and uh, and I still have my feet. That's right. That's that's what really matters. That's I don't right. really need to you know, mm-hmm. be intact. Yeah. Every time. So you've, you've said a few times that you're always very careful with how much you put into sports because yeah. of your profession, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but it's just, I find it funny that you still farm <laughs> <laughs> with chainsaws and <laughs> true. The most dangerous yeah, occupation pretty much next could... to like, you know, uh, being up in Alaska and, Going, I don't know, crabbing or exactly. salmon fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's a good point. That's a good point. Touche. 
That's funny. Good story, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. So anyway, um, we have a really special guest on here today. And uh, the, the story stems, the story of how Adam, you know, came to be here. Um, I was in Denver and we were looking forward to this show. It was like, I mean, it was on our radar for the whole tour because pre-sale was so high, but it was set up to be our biggest headline club show ever ever mm, in our career right. you know and we just hit 2000 shows last sunday night so a lot of shows biggest one ever and with that amount of ticket sales you have a certain level of pressure and so on the shows leading up to that show it was like okay denver's coming up denver's coming up denver's coming up um and thankfully there weren't a whole lot of people there that i felt obligated to like say hi to and go out with uh, we were kind of limiting that factor with the COVID protocol we had. Mm-hmm. But, um, and the reason I say that is when I'm playing a big show or any show for that matter, it it's, takes a lot of energy for me with my personality to entertain somebody or to take them out or to feel like I'm hosting them well before yeah. I play a show, which is a high pressure scenario for me. So anyway, Adam was someone that was coming out that night. And I was excited to see him because we share a lot of history together. Obviously, we were um, on Solid State Records for much of our career. And that's where I met Adam. And we'll get into a lot of that. But we had a conversation outside of the bus that I told you about, Tim. Mm -hmm. We talked about it on our last episode, actually, a little bit. Right. We talked about it while recording the conversation. And... (laughs) And it was just, I don't know, it stuck with me. It was a conversation that just like right off the bat makes it feel like a conversation that you and I have mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When and whenever you, you have a conversation like that, it's like, let's bring him on. That's right. Yeah. When you told me about that conversation, I was like, yeah, we need to get that guy on the podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's our guest today. Um, uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But Tim, um, I talked about myself and being home. Catch me up on what's new with you. Oh, man. Um, well, my uh, my anniversary was yesterday, uh, seven years, which Congrats. is uh, pretty pretty fun. Um, we didn't really do anything. We have two kids, so that prohibits. All of our babysitters were away, and uh, so we just hung out and watched football and played with the kids. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, we, it's, it's, a, it's a cool... Um, it's it's like a it's just a yeah a cool feat I guess every year is you know um, as 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 you know it's 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 um, marriage is, isn't always easy so it's it's yeah it's cool when you get to celebrate a milestone like that so yeah um, that's huge congrats yeah, yeah thank you uh, other than that um, I, I led worship at my church um, uh, what two weeks ago. Yeah, um, which was interesting just because, uh, you know, I'm not big on worship music and um, mm-hmm. I did not want to really be involved in my church at all. So, so that, <laughs> that happened. Is interesting. <laughs> I'm now on the roster <laughs> for like every other month being on the being on stage. So um, so that's that's been interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, man, just uh, life life as usual, which yeah. I can't complain about. Life is good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you like fall? Is this I a love season the fall, you look man. forward it's, to? Same. It's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful season. Um I do not like the ch- the time shift. I actually yeah. really dislike the time shift. I hate when Same. it starts getting dark at like 4 p.m. 
um, because my work day ends like between four and five. So uh, right. when I finish work and I there's no daylight, I I hate that. But um, but other than that, I love it. I love the the holiday season. Um, you know, Thanksgiving is 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 always something I look forward to. Um, seeing family, it's a basically a three or four day event for me. Seeing all okay. different sides of the family in different places all over the tri-state area and um yeah so i'm looking forward to that looking forward to christmas coming up especially especially with the kids christmas is kind of uh yeah you know a lot more exciting than it was for a good you know 10 years there <laughs> so yeah <laughs> um you know yeah yeah i love this did time you see our christmas burns red lineup with texas dude i i texas saw and that July's playing. that's that's, in, that's incredible i am yeah. uh, i'm very excited that uh, adam's getting back on the kit again yeah, That's same. Like a dream Everybody is. For me, so. It's yeah. it's so cool. I love that band. That band wrote their best record and then broke up, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, and Adam, obviously, being someone who's been on here a bunch, just such a, a great person to have in the limelight again, at least if only just for a show. Just it's, for a show, It's cool yeah. to think about him being out there on stage again. He's so good. It, yeah. Such a, such a great guy, and um, it's, yeah, and I saw you it's got Grant be, on again cool. too. This or the Apocalypse is is playing mm-hmm. as well, right? And Zayo. And I mean, Zayo. <laughs> we'll talk about that with that, that with Adam. That might be our segue, but Zayo is playing our yeah. Christmas Birds Red show. That's a killer lineup, man. Congratulations <laughs> on that. I'm I'm gonna try to make it out. I, I'm trying to schedule my family's Christmas celebration around that uh, that week. Okay. So, and I think there's okay. a number of people from the inner circle coming out to it. So, okay, um, maybe we'll. We'll plan a little get together or something, but okay, sounds good. Yeah. Well, let's uh, jump right in, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So our very special guest today <laughs> is Adam Scatula. Did I say that right, dude? You nailed it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. What's up, guys? How you doing, Adam? Adam, thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks for, for sitting back and show. being quiet that whole time. Dude, <laughs> I love it. I love I it. I love like the little hand gestures, like thumbs, <laughs> thumbs up, like I approve. Come on. This is great. I approve. <laughs> We've got anniversaries. Matt almost died farming. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> for those I was like trying to... We don't normally do it this way. We, we usually have our, our interview and it's standalone and then we go and do like pre and post roll afterwards so it was really funny doing this with adam just sitting there yeah <laughs> just just waving <laughs> you guys are doing out. great Encouraging you guys you. are good <laughs> dude i had I to cough through a lot of that and i was real nervous like man am i just gonna cough in this and they're gonna be like <laughs> listeners are gonna be like what who was that and they're like an That's audience great. is this, a, is this so live fun. in front of a studio audience I don't know. <laughs> yeah that's great uh yeah all right well uh i also appreciate you uh you know you being here and um being a part of my life for a long time so we'll for those listening who um who don't know who you are or what you're a part of or what you're doing or how we met bring us up to speed yeah 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 man matt i'm trying to think of the first time I met you. It had to have been 2010 or 11, probably 2010. Um, So I, I guess a very brief, who am I? I am uh, 
My name's Adam. I work at Solid State Tooth and Nail Records. Um, lived in Seattle for a long, long time. Live in Denver now, which is why I saw you a couple weeks ago. And I agree, that was just awesome to see you. Um, and then I bun- do, do a bunch of other stuff too. So I help out with some stuff at our church. I help out with, well, I'm in a band called Citizens uh, that started in Seattle long, long ago. Uh, and it's just been awesome. So and I played drums in that band. Very which cool. Mm-hmm. We share that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. And so just been doing this all for a while now and loving it. So what's your role at Solid State? Yes. Yeah, so I do A&R. So that's, I always say like 50% scouting for new groups and things like that. And 50% kind of I have a big old roster of people that I get to go through a bunch of projects with and do several records a year. Uh, and we have a, we're a weird label where we have a bunch of subsidiaries, four total subsidiaries. So mm. it's kind of a, a lot of different genres of music. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Do you, do you yeah. work with the tooth and nail side as well on the BEC side or is it, is it predominantly solid state? Yeah, so I guess for those who don't know, uh, Tooth & Nail is kind of the overall umbrella. um, And within that is our Tooth & Nail label, which is indie rock, punk rock, just kind of anything that would fall under the the rock category, pop stuff. And um, Solid State is obviously the heavy label. uh, And then BEC is our uh, more CCM Christian arm and then we have another little label called gospel song records that mm-hmm. uh citizens was actually on for a little while so uh kind of more indie christian kind of stuff like that so i do uh pretty much everything for solid state and almost everything for tooth and nail on the a and r side um and it's just awesome we are like mm-hmm. a little little staff a little kind of group of people who just love music and have been mm-hmm able to do this together for a long time so it is super fun and i got to meet matt come on mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm gonna open up a little bit of a can of worms here um based on our our conversation together yeah um, that actually led to you being here so we when i go back to the the first time um i met you i grew up in with a, a time in my life that i was listening to mark driscoll mark driscoll yeah. was the senior pastor um at Mars Hill Church, which was based out of Seattle, Washington. And to, to my understanding, they grew to about 15,000. Big yeah, across a lot of, lot of campuses, yeah. Okay. So at that time, um, I was touring. I was coming off of touring like eight or nine months out of the year in 2007, 8, 9. 2010, we started to slow down a little bit. But I, I was much like the rest of the country, presumably, um, or apparently, rather, I was searching for someone to teach a, a certain style of biblical doctrine that encouraged pragmatic growth. Okay, so to bring that down a little bit, pull your pants up, get a job, here's what's right, here's what's wrong. And, and by pull your pants up, just to clarify, like, porn is wrong, okay? Don't sleep with your girlfriend. Um be responsible, all of these, these things that I felt like my church at times danced around. And so I was searching for answers in the Bible on my own, but I, I felt like 
I needed someone to show me that they also believed in it with a microphone in their hand. Mm-hmm. And Mark Driscoll, as you know, most of us know, and you know, with the recent podcast that came out, which we discussed, um, he was the kind of person who was willing to do that. Uh, and, and so I found out about Driscoll, started listening to his podcast, started reading his books, and I had the chance to go to his church in Seattle in 2010. So yeah. I had a mutual friend who um, picked me up at our show. We had a couple hours, and he took me to a Sunday night service, and I sat in, and eventually the next year, it would have been New Year's 2011, Driscoll and Mars Hill had Jake and I, my, my vocalist Jake and I, out to speak at a conference that they were hosting. And Jake and I spoke um, to, I don't know, pro- probably about a thousand mostly college-age kids. Yep. I got to meet um, folks like Matt Jensen, uh, Justin Holcomb. Um, Ryan Clark was there. Don Clark was there. Of course, you know, Mark Driscoll spoke. And so at that point, I was even more integrated into what they were doing. Had dinner with Mark and a whole bunch of other pastors. And I fell even more in love with this church. Well, in recent years, there was a falling out and sort of a, would you call it a scandal? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'd clarify that, but yeah, nuanced a little bit, but sure. Yes. A scandal at least put a spotlight on everything. Mm. Sure. So there's always been some controversy surrounding Mark and, and some of the nature of that is just that he's saying controversial things in a controversial way, Mm -hmm. um, which I I think is why some of their popularity grew to what it was. But all in all, uh, whenever I see someone like you, or some of my other friends from Seattle um, who have moved around the country, it automatically takes me back there, and I just want to talk about Driscoll. And for a lot of people, it brings up past wounds, and I, I don't bring it up. Uh, I omit it from the conversation. However, you and I haven't really talked about it a whole lot, and yeah. you being the drummer for a band that was sort of like grouped into the worship at Mars Hill. I mean, they used to play your songs in between services, and um, yeah. I was interested in your take on it. So... That is the backstory to the conversation we had. And um, from what I remember, what you said was, was impactful to me in talking about how people tend to throw away. It's confusing that people tend to throw away the whole idea of Jesus, someone who came and died so that we can have life, even though we don't deserve it, because of someone who preaches about Jesus. Yeah. In other words, you're willing to throw everything away about this truth, the ultimate truth, because of a human being who is a messenger um, or just trying to unpack all this information about Jesus. So yeah. can, you, can you speak on that a little bit? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Well, um, and I guess, yeah, just to catch people up. So we, I went to Marcel for a long time, um, basically the whole end sequence. So if... if any of you have listened to the podcast. I know you guys both probably have. Um, yeah, it is very popular right now. <laughs> and uh, we, our band was sort of one of the uh, first bands they were trying to put out on a record label that they were starting with our other mutual friend, John Dunn, and people like that. So, um, we, yeah, we were just around for – I, I kind of had multiple – angles into it and and things like that through tooth and nail and through just being a part of 
kind of co-leading at one of our locations just on a volunteer level and stuff like that. So um, I would say to answer your question, Matt, there is a huge group of people, and this isn't, I don't think, unique to Mars Hill, but it for sure happened in the fallout of Mars Hill. Um, there, and I get why this happens, but people uh, feel the need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so if they had an experience in church uh, that was very bad, um, there's not always the you know, discernment to go through and actually identify, okay, what was bad? Was it all bad? Was every single Mm. thing bad? Or, Mm. you know, were these five things bad and these five things were actually great and things like that. And so I think uh, this idea isn't unique to me, but we talk a lot about it um, in our band still. The, I think with the whole kind of deconstruction movement, not to just like throw stones at, at that crew. But like, I think a lot of what has gone on uh, with that movement is a lot more deconstructing people's church experience uh, than actually deconstructing faith. And so uh, if you had a really bad experience with a bunch of hypocritical people at your church, wherever that was, uh, it, it, in my opinion, doesn't have really anything to say about is Jesus who he said he was, you know, right. is the gospel true? Is, uh, is our faith grounded in actual news that actually happened? Is the Bible true? Like things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you encountered a group of really sinful people uh, who misused those things and, and maybe leveraged those things for their own power or gain or whatever, um, that really sucks for those people. And I just have a lot of empathy for people who get deeply hurt. And that certainly happened at Mars Hill, uh, mm-hmm. people who were deeply hurt by that, especially because Mars Hill was a really young church. That was kind of part of the problem in some right. ways too. Uh, so there were only, I mean, not a whole lot of people above like the forties ish age. So a lot of twenties, thirties, 40 year old people, um, who were, who, and a lot of people who had been saved at Mars Hill. And mm-hmm. so, it's like, okay, from their vantage point, I get it. Like I was mm. led to the Lord through this thing. And now there's all this scandal and it's all kind of burning down. What does that have to say about my actual faith? Is is my faith legitimate or is this thing that I've believed in all a sham too? I am super empathetic to that. I would just say if we zoom out a little bit and kind of let, let the dust settle, uh, mm there there's a lot to separate from church experience to actual truth of the gospel so it's mm-hmm. a good way to put it it's great i i think do you do you think that um if you can put yourself in those shoes uh, in those people's shoes who had never really heard about jesus or maybe they they have but it was very loose and they start going to mars hill and they're convicted about what mark is saying and they become a christian and then everything blows up and falls apart I mean, <clears throat> I'd like to think that if you fall in love with Jesus, if he finds you, if he finds his way into your heart, if you let him there, and if you open yourself up to him, that it's a truth that is still realized even if other things are baked into it that um, are sinful and are broken. Um, but a, a part of me, like you said, understands that there's this defense mechanism almost that kicks in 
and, and Tim and I, like, this is the essence of this podcast, basically, as we're yeah. talking about. This is why I want to talk about this, because this podcast is fairly cynical of the church and pushes back and asks questions and rejects and trust but verify. You know, there, there's a lot of pushback against things that we were taught and the church environment we were raised in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's produced this sense of clarity in that we love Jesus more now as a result of it. Like, if Jesus and the is, we is love the true, then more. He, and and, yeah. and the Tim's leading worship at yeah. church. I love it. So, yeah, what the um, heck, man? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just I'm just curious, you know, if you can put yourself in those shoes, um, someone who's attending Mars Hill. What what do you think? If you had become saved there, what do you think you would be doing, and how would you be working through this? What's your personality like? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I. So much of, I mean, when somebody becomes a Christian, so much of that is built on who who led you there and, and, and then what you do after that. And so, um, I mean, just to, like quickly an example, like when I got saved, for sure there were voices speaking into my life and whatever. But uh, I also really dove into the Bible because I had not taken the Bible very seriously. So a lot of my early faith was like, whoa. Exodus, like stuff happened after the Red Sea was parted, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's actually that's like at the toward the very beginning. And there's a whole lot that happened after that. So uh, just like that's taking funny. those like base level stories and like actually reading for myself, not just what happened, but what God has to say, trying to right. tie myself to the God of the Bible and not just the God that's talked about, you know, in conversational circles and stuff like that. So. I, I do think when you're young, man, you are, whether you believe it or not, you're really looking up to a lot of people and you're looking Absolutely. to figure out who you are, not just who you want to be, but who you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And in something like, I mean, you guys can tell from the podcast, it was a unique thing at Mars Hill because you've got this uh, really cool, at least church cool um, mm-hmm. Very big movement in a very unexpected place. And there's always that draw in all of us to like be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And so I think, you know, if you're 23, 25, 29, 31, whatever, going to Mars Hill in those early years, you probably felt like, okay, I've stumbled onto something that's a really big deal. And, and, I guess where my mind goes, it's hard for me to know. I had church experience before. I, I had been saved for a little while before showing up at Mars Hill. So I had like another church context. But if that was your only context, that would have been a pretty weird, wild mm. first church to be That's at. That's a great one point. Of the, one of the most unique churches in probably American history. I mean, in the top 20, I would I would assume. So as far as just unique, strange experiences. And so... Uh, there is a good chance that, yeah, when that thing goes down in a, in a fiery blaze, like it did, you are, it's really hard to parse out. Okay. Was any of this true? Because then you are going back to the, like, you know, who you don't want to be. I think a lot of people look back and say, I don't want to be anything like what I just Mm -hmm. saw. And part of that is if these guys are still following Jesus, quote unquote, I don't want to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to push back against that. I'm going to push back against everything that I was just involved in and go just in the opposite direction. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I certainly don't think I would have been above that. Um, it's hard to say. And I, I've been around a ton of cynicism coming out of Mars Hill, everything from, you know, was anyone on the leadership a real Christian or, mm. and then all the way down to like major faith crisis stuff mm-hmm. of like, is all this just a sham? Is all mm-hmm. this just a joke? What, what mm-hmm. are we actually doing? So mm-hmm. I believe that my sinful heart would go in any of those directions if that mm-hmm. was the first place that I would have been at. So, yeah. Yeah. What would you what would you say to someone listening right now who's had a bad a bad church experience, whether it be at Mars Hill or elsewhere, um, and have turned their back on God because of it? What do you have any advice for that person? Hmm. Yeah, man i I would really hope that somebody in that situation i'd be I'd be curious to hear you guys' thoughts on this too, but I would really hope that that person has somebody in their life or just on their own um, <clears throat> who would take them to the actual Bible and say, mm-hmm. "All right, a lot of horrible things have just happened, but first of all, let's look at the Bible, and I think mm-hmm. we'll find a lot of other horrible things happening in here too. It's not just mm-hmm. i mean it's far i mean the the narrative through the Old and New Testament is far from a rainbows and flowers, easy road, <laughs> you know. And so, and especially in the New Testament, there's a lot of horrible teaching, a lot of mm-hmm. hypocritical people, a lot of, you know, pe- people trying to make sense of like, is this thing true? Or are we just, I mean, in the New Testament, it's a lot of, or do we go into mysticism? Do we go into the law? Do we go, you know, mm-hmm. into all these other places? Um I would want to to identify that, that this experience that you just had is not, you know, unknown to the Bible. Hmm. Uh, and then also let's get to the bottom of the question, is Jesus who he said he was? Was he real? Hmm. Was Did he live? Did he say and do the things that the Bible accounts? If so, that brings a lot of the rest of the Bible to bear on our hmm. lives and if we get can get to a place where we believe in the God of the Bible and that he loves us, <clears throat> then I think that informs how to handle church next. Because then you're probably going out. I, I, w- I really believe in the local church, but I, it's not lost on me that there's a ton of really bad churches out there mm-hmm. uh, for, for several different reasons. And so I think trying to get to the bottom of some of those questions about your doctrine then would actually hopefully lead you into a better uh, church scenario, not just one that teaches good doctrine, but also acts Christ-like. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of churches out there with great doctrine that are really cold and mean and right. just jerk people. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've experienced my fair share of those. Uh, and then there's a lot of really nice, loving, warm churches with really bad doctrine. So trying to actually do the hard work of... I'm not just going to intake everything and assume if I heard it in a church, it's right, but have some critical thinking that you've come up with what you believe about the Bible and then are taking that into a church experience and saying, I want to be a part of something that I can align with. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's 
I hope that's where I would lead people. So I just yeah. had a thought I want I'd like to run by you guys. While you were talking, it made me think of some something someone told me one time. In your relationship with your significant other, if you're listening to this and you're married or you're dating, um, if you listen to what other people say and you value that more than you do your significant other, you're in trouble, right? We we can all acknowledge that. It doesn't take a whole lot of processing. Uh, but and yet we and yet we do that. And yet we say to our spouse, you know, our significant other, like, I don't know about that. And then someone else will say it and we'll be like, okay, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And and so this person was talking about how you should be upsetting other people and letting other people down so that you can meet the needs and desires of your spouse or your your significant other Mm -hmm. instead of letting your significant other down Mm -hmm. and impressing and saying yes and being agreeable with everyone you meet in other words piss off other people in a way that puts your significant other first because you Mm -hmm. can't make everybody happy and when they said that i was like man i am so guilty of this like Mm -hmm. someone in my life like a sibling or my parent can say something and i'll value it above what my significant other says Mm -hmm. um and so I, I've I've had this on my mind for a while, and while you were talking, I, it made me realize what if what if we valued our relationship with Jesus more than we do the more than the emphasis we put on what other people say about him? Yeah, it's like what if you test what everybody says about this person that loves you and that you love? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, what if when, when a pastor's preaching, you're, you're critical of them. You're like, all right, is he telling the truth about this person that I know and that I love? Yeah. Instead of looking at it like he has the authority or she has the authority, depending on who's on stage with a mic, um, yeah. you know, do they have the authority to describe this person that you, you know and love? And if you don't know them, you can get to know them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, totally. what do you think about that, that, that take? Does that make sense? Complete sense, dude. I mean, my initial reaction to that is I totally agree. I would just say it probably deserves some clarifying how then we know Jesus. Uh, hmm. and Because to me, the only ways that we can really press into our relationship with him are prayer and reading what he has to say. The Bible calls itself his word, God's word. Mm. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> I don't know any relationship I've ever been in that gets really awesome if we never talk to each other. Right. Uh, and if we never listen <laughs> yeah. to what That's each right. other has to say. Uh, so it's like, I think there's this weird thing that happens. I mean, I know it's always a challenge to find time to read your Bible, you know, but it's like, that is the equivalent to, to, to assume you can go on living a Christian life without reading your Bible is the same as assuming you can go on in a happy marriage or dating relationship without talking to your significant other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, and same with prayer. And so I would just say, man, we have to get in there and get in there, not just for like an inspirational verse or, you know, like to get some encouragement for the day, but to have God reform our hearts to, I mean, Isaiah 55, eight, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So like, and, and uh, th- things like ideas, like our heart is deceitful above all things. 
man, I read that stuff and I'm like, okay, crap. I've got to, my natural just assumptions, intuitions, stuff like that are probably going to be wrong. And I have to like allow God to like reshape that. And I just don't know how else to do that than by being in the word. And so yeah. I totally agree, Matt. Um, I, I think a lot of people just are listening too much uh, to, 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 like their only encounter with God is on Sunday listening to a That's sermon. That's right. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. Yeah, everything you guys are saying is, is the exact advice that I would give someone who's had uh, a bad church experience. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for me... The place that I'm at, the place that I've gotten to, has it's my life has been filled with bad church experiences um, from a number of different churches, and what it's done for me is actually helped me grow and mm-hmm. helped me discover what is true, you know. And 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 Adam, that's exactly right. I mean, if you want to know truth, who is truth? Not what is truth. Who is truth? Mm-hmm. You got to know the way, the truth. And the life. And so for me, I mean, that would be the first piece of advice I would give someone was (laughs) go to your Bible, you know, (laughs) read the Gospels, look at who truth was Hmm. and and uh, figure out what aligns with truth and what doesn't figure out um, what was what was wrong in this church experience. What can I take from it Um, at, you know, when it first happens, when you're making that decision to depart from this local church group? It's really painful, and it's very hard to sort through. Uh, it's very hard to see anything good that came from that. But yeah. give it some time. You'll start to see some good stuff came from this, um, You know, whether it be relationships or uh, whether it be uh, just knowledge about who God was. Um, just because there's a church filled with sinners doesn't mean that God can't work there that God can't speak through them. Um, we're all sinners. We all fall short. Um, and so you're going to find a new church someday. It's going to be full of sinners. <laughs> Chances mm, are yeah. there's going to be some bad experiences there too. And you just have to be <clears throat> able to sort through what is truth, what isn't. Um, people are going to fail you every single time. There's always going to be drama. It's just the way it is. And, um, Hopefully we can see past that and see that, you know, if, if, if Jesus is at the forefront of our minds and our goal is to get to know him and to follow him and to be like him, um, then you're, you're on the right track, uh, yeah. regardless mm-hmm. of what your local church is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's man. Exactly right. I, I think one last point I'd like to make is, is that some of this is based on us being a consumer of the church mm. and our mentality is like, what can I get from this? Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't yeah. get what I thought I would get. And my encouragement to myself, too, in this, I, I felt the Holy Spirit working in me on this last tour um, in this way is, like, pray for opportunities. So, like, if it's true that Jesus gave us something that the world needs, then it's also true that it's not because of you that the world needs it. Because you're just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You are not above anybody else just because you know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're you're blessed and you have a lot to be thankful for, in fact. That's but right. you don't you don't you cannot stand up above anyone else and look down your nose. And so if that's true and you really believe that Jesus has the ability to change your heart and change your life and save you, then start to pray for opportunities to see that change in other people. It's as simple as loving your neighbor, which is really hard to do 
actually, especially in today's climate. Mm -hmm. But try it. Try to find commonality with someone, which is an act of love, right? Overlooking hurt and conflict and do something nice for somebody else. Ask if you can pray for them. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, you get told no or that's weird. <laughs> All right, everybody's yeah. weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Look at me. All right. I mean, yeah, I'm willing to admit that right off the bat. I don't need to ask to pray for you to be told that I'm, you know, that I'm weird. So it's like I'm willing to take that because I know what Jesus has the ability to do in my life and I want to see that happen in other people's. And so that that changes your mentality from it being all about you a consumer yep. of this to I've received this as a consumer, if you will. And now I'm pouring it out into my local neighborhood and my local place of employment or whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matt, that makes me think of the, um, a parable I go back to a lot, uh, is in Matthew 18, the, the unmerciful servant it's kind of known as where, um, Basically, a guy owes a huge debt to a king, uh, and in short, the king forgives him his debt. Well, rather than being grateful, this guy goes off and basically rakes another guy over the coals who owed him a little debt, and yeah. then the king condemns him. Um, and the point of the parable is basically to say, like, man, if God, yeah, exactly what you're saying, Matt, like, if he has poured in mercifully into undeserving us salvation mm -hmm. out of his kindness, uh, how are we then going to turn it around and be just jerks to everybody? Whether that's, you know, expecting, you know, the things from them, like to, to, expecting them to serve us in certain ways, expecting them to just be better for us mm -hmm. expe or expecting them to just naturally come to the gospel on their on their own you know it's like no man let's let's lay down our lives die to ourselves and like help them along mm -hmm. because that's what god has done for us out of his mercy yeah. so it's weird to receive mercy and turn and not have a merciful heart yourself and that's so, exactly right I, that is maybe toward the center of what's going on with that consumer mindset which men we all know that is in all over the place in the church. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah. I want to, I want to take, take, take when man, it doesn't take reading Jesus' words in the gospels too long to, before we see like, it's really about serve, die to yourself, lay your life down, be last, take the worst seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Like those, yeah. that is the message of Jesus from his own mouth. So right. hmm. the servant of all is the greatest of all. Totally, man. Totally. Yeah. Yeah and, and yeah, love and <laughs> I I think <laughs> that th that speaks to what what Driscoll was I I think it's I think what you're talking about the Bible speaks to my experience with Driscoll which is I still follow him on Instagram I still get a lot out of what he has to say and he's still a human being that makes mistakes and all of those things can be true at the same time and when you when I look at it that way I think about what I'm doing with my life and it's like I don't want to I I don't want to hold Mark's uh, Mark Driscoll to a standard that I would never want to be held to. Yeah. I don't want someone to look at me and say that I'm perfection and that everything I've ever done is boiled down to me being a good person or a bad person because I don't want anyone to see me on my on my hundredth, you know, worst day. Um, and so I think you know God is a way of using people that suck because people suck. Yeah, yeah it's true, man. Yeah.
the one thing I would say about Mark, uh, the, the trouble I have after being there, um, I think everything you're saying there is right, Matt, especially just everything associated with forgiveness with anyone and every, everything about, I mean, what you're basically saying is, you know, speck in the eye, plank, or speck mm-hmm. in their eye, plank in our own eye kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I would, I would say Mark's big issue from my vantage point, it's not like I know him, you know, closely, yeah. has, seems to always have been repentance and mm-hmm. like, will he actually repent of, of what mm-hmm. happened there? And man, to my knowledge, and I have been in circles with several people really close to the situation, he, he has never really repented to people. Mm-hmm. And I would assume to, to the Lord and kind of played the victim card through that whole thing. Um, and it's like, man, it's not then like we need to body slam him to the depths right. of the earth or something like that. But it's it's also hard to just uh, walk back towards him. Yep. Uh, you know, until that happens. And honestly, my wife and I, the summer it all went down. So 2014 is kind of when everything exploded. That was the main thing we were waiting for is like, well, okay, there right. was this book scandal. Will there be an apology? Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I to this day kind of believe that the church would maybe still be going if they had just apologized yeah. for that. <laughs> Same. Uh, I think if he, I mean, what is it? The the Christian life is one of repentance, right? Yeah, dude, totally. Uh, it's it's one hundred percent true, and that is the X factor. It's like even on your best day, repent. You're not yeah. perfect. Totally. Right. Totally. It's not just him doing a bad thing. It's not just me doing a good thing. It's everything. I mean, yep. the Bible is clear about this. Yep. Our, our, we are as filthy as it gets. And if yep. you're willing yep. to admit that, then you have to live a life of repentance. Yep. Yeah, and yep. I can see how that would be so hurtful to people. It's like, dude, just own it. Right? <laughs> like, own it, right. please. Dude. Yes. Well, and that's, I think, over the years, he did a bunch of interviews uh, where he kind of... This was this was so weird. Like outsiders would forgive him. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's and a it's thing. like, let me get okay, let's that's play this thing. out in our scenario. Like you cheat on your wife and then like don't really apologize to her, but yeah. kind of apologize to some people on the fringes and th- <laughs> and they forgive you. But then like man, until you apologize to, and repent to her, she, like, what do you expect her to do? Matter. Like, like, what is the outside forgiveness until you've actually dealt with the yeah. person that you really sinned against? And so <laughs> yeah. that has been the story of 2014 to now uh, where it's point. like, man, you got to get in some rooms with some people. And honestly, not just him. Like a lot of, I mean, it, it, it's not all about him, the story of Marcel. There was, there was a lot of leadership. Uh, I mean, l- truly a ton of guys who were pastors and elders at the yeah. church are, would say they're not Christians anymore. So right. to me, that says, man, there was a lot. It wasn't just Mark that was yeah. a, a, an issue. Mm-hmm. But yeah. with that issue, it's like, man, until we practice real repentance, we're not going to get very far. So. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I think we're saying some, we're talking about something that is very common 
obviously Mars Hill is a, is a shining example, but this is something that happens everywhere. And I think that's why it's really important for us as the church body to be diligent in calling out celebrity church culture yes. and, uh, you know, calling out people who, uh, who make mistakes like this, you know, <laughs> like yeah. forgiveness for sure. You know, uh, 700 times seven, right. Is that, mm-hmm. is that what it is? Yeah. Um, you know, f- forgiveness for sure. I am all about that, mm-hmm. but, but don't, don't just stand by as, uh, you know, corruption takes over sure. something that is good, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that some of that is why the Bible talks about, like, we have to hold leaders and teachers to higher standards. Yep. That's right. There's, yeah, there's, there's something different about, like, forgiving your friend who sinned against you rather than, uh, hey, everybody go follow this leader because, right. he, you know. Like, there's just a different deal when you're dealing with leading big groups of people. So. Dude, this just reminded me, if you're if you're listening to this and you run a business, or you're a part of a business, or you're entrepreneurial, uh, this is a really good piece of advice that Jake and I got back in 2010. Jake and I were really on the Mark Driscoll, you know, Mars Hill train, and we wanted to get an endorsement from him and have recommendations from our web, from Heart Support's website, and maybe even our social media to him directly. Right, like, hey, go check out this podcast or go read this book. And someone, I forget who it was, but they um, they said, don't ever attach yourself to just one person, um, yep. because when you do that, if that person falls, in a way, you do too. Yep. And um, so we didn't do it. And then years later, this whole thing came out. And my recommendation would be, no matter how great you think someone is, and we can go down through the laundry list right now in the past five years of celebrity names in Christian culture who have failed us. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're, yeah, if you're waging your faith on someone else's leadership being close to perfection, then when it falls, you're staring at the casket of your faith, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you're attaching yourself to it in a way that's just not healthy. That's right. It's true, man. Yeah. Well, as much as I love talking about all of this, I think some of our listeners would be very uh, disappointed if we didn't delve into uh, the music, the label side, the music side, the drum <laughs> oh, side, <dude>. just <laughs> for a few <laughs> seconds even. That's great. Uh, so, Adam, I just want to ask you a question straight up because I know that there's a lot of people who, who, who are listening who are in bands. They're trying to make it in the industry. They're trying to, uh, you know, get that... Uh, that record deal. Um, <laughs> so from, from you, uh, as someone who's been in the industry for a very long time and, and, uh, you know, are a part of a label that probably many people listening actually would love to be a part of. What is it that you as an A&R rep are looking for most in an artist, um, that you would sign? Yeah. Good question, Tim. Most. Yeah, that is a good question. I, I don't know if there, if there's one, singular most thing the the the, i kind of have a little list of things that i look for some of the bigger things are uh just having like a unique you know whether it's sound or voice or something to say Mm -hmm. i i really think is important and and i think it's easy to get you know elitist about that or whatever I, i i don't really mean in that sort of way i just think i mean we all know there's all the time in music, there's an artist and then there's 30 artists after them who mm-hmm. 
are kind of copy pasted in a lot of stuff. And so mm-hmm. I, I mean, it can't always be the case, but I really try to look for people who are like approaching things out of their own heart. Like <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. say this, I want to do this, this way, not because somebody else did it, but because I feel like this is my voice and this is what I'm passionate about. If that happens to sound like somebody else, great. I think you can pretty, pretty easily tell though, if it's coming from a real place and then man, just working hard and being able to be on a good team. I mean, ABR is like, you guys are the Kings of the, of this, but like, you know, there. There's a lot of, and I'll be curious to see how COVID affects this once we're kind mm-hmm. of back to normal. But same, th- there's a lot of folks who really would would come onto a label and just expect a whole lot of things to happen for them. And everybody mm-hmm. who's in the industry knows that it's just not that way. Um, right. And that if anything, you probably have to work harder uh, and get more creative with just strategy after mm-hmm. that happens. Um, so just a willingness to to work hard and yeah have a unique voice i would say are are two of my main things for sure Mm -hmm. yeah can you shed some light on what it might look like for for someone who hasn't been on a label or have any experience what is what is being signed or having a record deal actually look like for for somebody yeah matt could speak to this all day. Yeah, Matt can speak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it looks it looks like just you're not the only. Yeah, most bands are four or five folks. You're not the only ones in the tank, kind of thing. Like you have a mm-hmm. team around you, uh, who, in theory at least, has done this a lot of times before, and, mm-hmm. and even done it a lot of times recently, and can say, hey not this, but this, or, right. Hey, I know this worked in 2017, but doesn't work as well in 2021 or, uh, you know, and then it, it is maybe just up for having the, having the team gaps filled by people who know what they're doing rather than just right. shooting from the hip all the time. Sure. Um, sure. And, and I think that can be a really cool thing. Like just having yeah. people fighting for you and, and, advising i mean some it it all depends on labels too like they're because they're also different but are they uh kind of lifting you up or are they just forcing you to do a whole bunch of stuff and Mm -hmm. and so uh there's several that do both (laughs) but hopefully in a good scenario it's it looks like a bunch of people doing a bunch of stuff that you can't do aren't good at or don't want to do so hmm Mm-hmm. And Adam, hopefully li- raising yeah. the platform to just for more people to find out about it. Did you know that right. uh, Solid State was like my dream label as a kid? Uh, dude, I've heard you talk about this a lot. Okay, yeah. yeah. I used to kick around stones on my farm with my friend Jordan, who I started the band with. He played bass. And we're like, dude, can you imagine if we get on Solid State? That would be an amazing dream. <laughs> we'll probably only get, you know, we were like shooting for face down or, yeah. you know. And um, so that's... That's always the that's always the outlook I've had of Solid State is that it's just it's the dream, and mm-hmm. I'm I feel very grateful to have been there for five albums, and su- such a cool time in my life too because of where the office was and that little Mini Cooper that Solid State had that we got to drive around in and Dude, meeting Brandon Ebel and we'd walk in and we would just like 
pick CDs off the shelves that we were allowed to have, like, oh, the new S-Cities Burn, or oh, the new Under Oath, or oh, the new, you know, um, Extol record or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's hilarious that that's how you felt about it because, yeah, dude, I mean, you obviously became that for a ton of people. It's, it's funny how just music works that way and time goes yeah. by that way where, yeah, the stuff we look up to and <laughs> yeah, really, really want to be a part of, suddenly, yeah. like, you become that for other people. And it's just like, man, right. this is wild. Like, what happened? Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, dude, it, it, Who's, it, yeah, go ahead. Who's your your favorite solid state band oh, of man. all time, and and who's your favorite tooth and nail band of all time, and who's your favorite B C band of all time, dude? <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to hear the B C. That was one. cruel, man. Dude, that was cruel. Get me in trouble. Get me in trouble. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna ask you to answer this. Um, but but I asked because I want to answer them. So yes, please. And dude, I want I him to too. Okay, so Jeremy Camp is my only is my favorite BC artist because it's the only one I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know anyone else on there. Um, Me without you is my favorite Tooth and Nail. Is was that City's Burn on Solid State or Tooth and Nail? Yep, Solid State. Okay. Mm. Oof, I I really I really feel like I have to go with Extol here because Extol Undeceived was the record that got me into metal drumming. Totally did. But shit, As Cities Burn is the band. <laughs> I know. And they have just a wild path, man. I mean, they were they were headed towards being the next Under Oath, and then they threw a curveball, and the curveball was like some of people's favorite thing ever. So <laughs> I know, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like they wrote like to find the great line, and then they went <laughs> off and wrote like a really different sounding album that certain people are like, that's a cult classic. Yep, like you got to have that one. Totally, totally. Yeah, man, it's funny. Like, like I said before, Tooth and Nail. We, we are unique in that we end up just in so many weird different circles <laughs> through yeah. like metal and rock and, and then like the whole Christian side thing. Um, but it definitely makes for a wide array of vibes and genres. Yeah. That's for sure. What are yeah, yours, Tim? Yeah. Oh man, this, that's so tough. Um, I, th- it's some really of between, your faves doesn't have to be your fave. Yeah, it's between Under Oath and As Cities Burn on the solid state side. I was going to say As Cities Burn on Tooth and Nail, uh, but I, I think Further Seems for me- Forever oh might actually my be my favorite gosh. Tooth and Nail. Yes, dude. I'm it pretty ha- sure that's, that's my actually, favorite, too. The yeah, moon is down. I, th- yes. <laughs> I think that's my favorite Tooth and Nail. Dude. Um, that. I forgot yeah. that was Tooth and Nail. That was Tooth and Nail. That was Tooth and Nail. Was I have no idea nail. about B and C. It's, it's, it's actually the 20th anniversary <laughs> of The Moon is Down uh, is this really? year. So we, wow. we may or may not be doing a little thing to end the year to celebrate <laughs> That's that. That's so sweet. So. I That's cool. love that album so much. Tim, good call on that. That's Yeah, I was thinking hard about that. I think, yeah, there's so many good tooth and nail artists. I, like you, Matt, I, you know, spent a lot of time, like, with that, wouldn't it be cool? What if, what if yeah. this happened? And tooth and nail was always, you know, on that that roster of, of yeah. labels that would be so cool to get signed by. So I'm sure I a thought lot you of were going to say Amber Lynn, Tim. Amber Lynn is great. Yeah, uh, they're not great. further seems forever, but they're great. <laughs> they are. Sorry if there's anyone 
listening from Amberlin right Nate's now. Nate's probably listening. Like, love oh, you guys. Man. How dare you, <laughs> Nate Young? <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on the show at some point. Um, so I have one more question for you, Adam. I know we're we're running short on time, but um, we have a a Patreon community underneath us we call the inner circle and I threw out there that you were going to be coming on and and I I got a question from someone his name's Todd J and he wants to know uh, what's the biggest risk that you took that failed and the biggest risk that paid off and I guess this could be in general or uh, specifically label yeah yeah okay the first two this may not be the biggest but these are the first two that came to my mind I graduated high school I'm from uh, Wyoming so a very small place where not a lot of bands go. In fact, am I right, Matt, that it's <laughs> you guys didn't play any shows there until just recently. It was one of the last states to even get an ABR show. Uh, definitely one of the last. That we crossed <laughs> off the 50 states. I, I, mean, I didn't know you were from Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're more likely to have played like Alaska and Maine and places oh, yeah. like that than Wyoming. Oh, um, yeah, 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 for sure. So anyway... Moved. I moved after high school trying to play in bands to Orange County in just this wild shot in the dark, like, let's see what happens. And it crashed and burned hard. Hmm. <laughs> and I was just trying to play, play drums with different people and, yeah, found myself, like, just in a bad spot, just getting, like, like I got thrown in a dryer and just thrown around for a while. So that was not <laughs> Tumbled. a fun risk, but I tried. Um, the best risk I took was probably moving to Seattle. So I, when I started at Tooth & Nail, I was also still mostly just trying to play in bands. But I, I had a friend really help me get an internship at Tooth & Nail. Um, but it did not make sense at all to go <laughs> because I didn't have a place to live and they were only going to let me uh, do the internship for like six weeks or something like that. Mm. So uh, I rented a room in this super sketchy house and slept on a cot. And the whole time was like, this is fun, but I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) But then it just worked out that two guys were kind of uh, getting ready to move on to other stuff. And I was the little intern guy. So that one, that one definitely paid off. Those are the first two that come to my mind. I would say so. That's awesome. Is your band still playing? Are you, are citizens still together doing stuff? Yep, yep. So we're awesome. Yeah, we're just always trying to put out new stuff every year and a half or so. So we Very just cool. tracked our new record that'll be out in the new year. So really, awesome. that's great. I was just talking to Adam. Yeah, Adam I was talking to you in Denver about citizens, and uh, I wanted to show my girlfriend. Um, I forget which which album is it. Which was big about ten years ago. Yeah, the first one, self-titled. Um, self-titled. That was okay. the one that came out while we were at Mars Hill. And yeah. That album is freaking great. I still go back and listen to that. The drumming on it is so creative, too. I mean, everything about it's good. Like, the drumming's awesome. And your vocalist, I can't remember your vocalist's name. Yeah, his voice Zach. Is, yeah, Zach's voice is phenomenal. Like, it's just a go-to record for me. I Dude, love it. thanks, man. It's crazy that that thing is... Coming up on ten years old, I can't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ten year old birthday, dude. Yeah, weird. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for for coming on and and hanging out with us and such a good conversation. I I feel like I feel like it's almost a sin to to cut it off right now, but 
um, we'll have to do this again for sure. Dude, thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Sure. This is probably the longest we've been able to talk, uh, you know, uninterrupted. And it's, it's nice to not just talk about music, you know. It's yeah. nice to talk about things that are important. And I'm glad that they're important to you and that you're also working in the music industry because, um, you know, we need more we need more critical thinking and faith-based, you know, loving hearts in that world who are mm-hmm. able to raise up the next, you know, generation of musicians. And as you're signing bands, like you can be speaking into their lives and That's they can right, be yeah. fielding things off of you. It makes me feel good to know that you're there in that, that place. So thanks for yeah. joining us and kind of filling us in on what's been, been going on in your heart, your mind, your life. It's been great. Dude. Yeah. So pumped to do it, guys. Thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Holy Ghost Notes with Adam Scatula. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. We we had a format of questions that we were going to stick to. Um, and as is typically the case, we get into something and we get into the weeds with it. And yep. today was something I needed. Um, I I need, yeah, I needed, and I really wanted to talk about. Um, Tim, you were just talking off air about how it's important that we talk about um, those of us who have been hurt by the church and how do you deal with that hurt? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that slam door behind you? Yeah. And I wasn't expecting to have as much of a conversation about that today. I'm glad we did. Yes, me too. Yeah, it was not in the in the plans to hit that first. We were going to ease our way into it a little bit. But man, uh, I'm so glad that you asked that hard-hitting question right off the bat. It really set the tone, and I feel like we had a, a really good conversation. I really just appreciated... Um, Adam's perspective on all this. I mean, it did align with what we've talked about on the podcast in the past, but uh, it was just, it was refreshing to hear. It was a very um, biblically based perspective. And um, I think uh, we can walk away from this episode um, with with a lot that we learned and, and a lot to chew on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really liked how, like you said, he he talked about a parable in the Bible that was right on with what I had in mind with the merciless um, servant. And he talked about the Bible in a way where it was like, this is your guide. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your way to figure out who Jesus is. It's one right. of two ways. One, prayer, and, and two is reading the Bible. And I, I don't think you can overstate that. My pastor always says, keep the main thing the main thing. And going through something like this in your church or in my experiences with people in the church who I really feel like have crossed me or failed me or done something messed up, um, it's hard to not just throw it all away and mm. have your defense, like your defense mechanism kick in and toss it all out. But yeah, if you are able to forgive and then go to the Bible and say, all right, let's get back to who Jesus is, Right. let's figure out what my relationship with him is like. I, I think that's it's just such good advice. I agree. I think one thing we didn't touch on, if if I could just touch on this really quickly, um, you know, 
go back to our episode on forgiveness because I think um, in processing pain and hurt from from the church specifically, I think forgiveness is something that we can really use as a tool for ourselves. It's easy to hold grudges and to, to uh, you know place blame on people. A lot of people put blame on Mark Driscoll, for instance, and mm-hmm. they might be reluctant to forgive him because he hasn't apologized. He hasn't repented. Right. And it's it's easy and from a human perspective, justifiable to hold that person accountable and, and uh, you know, hold them in a place of unforgiveness because they haven't yet apologized. Mm-hmm. But as we've talked about in the past, you know, when you're not forgiving somebody, you're just holding on to that. That's just something that is toxic in yourself. So you can go ahead and forgive all those people, whether mm-hmm. they've apologized, recognized what they've done or not. Um, I think it's important and something that I've learned in my healing process is I need to forgive those people and see them in as much of a way that I can as Jesus does. (laughs) And uh, just for myself even to Mm -hmm. uh, continue the healing process and to continue seeing things from a uh, perspective that is not tainted um, Mm -hmm. by what has happened in my church experience. Mm-hmm. That's good. So uh, that's very good. Yeah. Well, so thank you all for for listening and and uh, you know we we just appreciate all of you so much. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been over two years now of of doing this podcast and and uh, I would go on record saying that we have the best community around us uh, supporting us and the best listener base that uh, whether you're uh, supporting us financially or part of our uh, inner circle group or not, you guys are cheering us on, uh, sending us messages, uh, encouraging us, um, you know, sending us emails and, and just talking about how uh, episodes have impacted you and, and what's going on in your lives. And I just, I really appreciate you all. So, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, check us out on Patreon if you'd like to be a part of the Inner Circle. It's a great community, like Tim said. A bunch of different tiers that can cater to your uh, financial status and and ability. Mm -hmm. And also check us out on all socials. That's right. And um, we'd love to connect with you and hear from you. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, feel free to give a review. It does help us out and um, helps push us into you know, the limelight a little bit more, get this podcast popularity up and up. Mm -hmm. As Tim said, thank you very much for your support. It means a lot, and it's the reason we are here. That's right. That's absolutely the reason we're here. And I don't know if I've said this in a while, but we do have these episodes up on YouTube. So if you'd rather watch and listen instead of just listen, um, you can check out our YouTube channel. Um, And if you're watching on YouTube, hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Um, <laughs> so like Matt said, yeah, you can check us out, <laughs> patreon.com slash holyghostnotes uh, if you want to support us financially or just uh, get more involved in uh, what we're doing here. Uh, best community ever. Uh, seriously, uh, I can't say that enough. Um, and yeah, if you're uh, on Instagram or Facebook and you're a drummer, make sure you're posting those drum videos with the hashtag holyghostnotes for a chance to be featured on our page. And uh I think uh, I think everyone knows what what time it is at this point, right, Matt? <laughs> I think so, except for maybe Adam, who might still be except listening for to Adam, this. Who might be listening so in the background? Let's show him the way. Here we <laughs> that's go. Right.
Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>